Hello and welcome to the Spoon Carving Conversations podcast, where I talk to spoon carvers from around the world about how and why they carve spoons. My guest for today is Jazz Auden. His work caught my eye with his varied and creative style. Using color and texture, he creates beautiful one-of-a-kind spoons and woodware. He's originally from England and recently relocated to France. I look forward to chatting to him today. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Jazz. Hey. How you doing? Good. Happy, happy to be here. Yeah, thanks a lot for, for doing this. Um, yeah, I reached out to you yeah, a little while ago because mm. we had been yeah, sort of communicating, communicating a little bit yeah. over Instagram. And uh, yeah, like I said, your, um, yeah, your spoons just kind of caught my eye, the different styles and things you're doing. Then I thought, oh, it'd be cool to chat. And then I looked and saw you'd moved and yeah. Like often when I see people on Instagram and their work, I automatically kind of have these questions. So it's nice to have you here to, Ooh, yeah, to ask looking, you some things. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I, um, so I always kind of have questions about what you're doing now and what you're working on. And then I also have questions about how you got started into it. I think is also an interesting sure. thing for people carving yeah. spoons, like how and why you got in. So I think we'll start more with what you're doing now. And what I okay. saw recently was um, was that on the stories you built a lathe. Yes. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> oh, I'm building. I'm in the process. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, not finished yet, is it? It's almost there. I think it needs some tweaking. I haven't had a chance yeah. to give it a spin yet, but yeah. soon. It's almost ready. Uh huh. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, cool. So more or less, you, you, you build it. How did you actually, or, or why did you get the idea to build a lathe? Because I saw now you're doing a lot of spoons recently. Mm -hmm. And then how, how come you had the idea to build your well, own lathe? In England, I had an electric lathe. I did, yep. I've done wood turning for ages on an electric lathe. And then spoon carving kind of got me into the whole green woodworking scene. And then I learned about polays and that sort of thing so naturally i wanted to build one mm -hmm. and then move into france yeah perfect time to do it really <laughs> uh -huh. yeah okay and were you doing the lathe work in england right up until you moved or yeah 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 okay i had a small workshop in brighton yeah uh-huh and then okay because that seems to me like, yeah, quite, a, I mean, you had experience with lathes, lathes but um, yeah. yeah, building your own one is probably quite a different thing to knowing how to work and turn on an electric lathe, right? That's a whole mm, other. I think it's, yeah, completely different kind of yeah. concept. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, um, did somebody, did you have someone helping you, showing you how to build it or you just? Just been reading watching videos oh owen thomas you know owen thomas yeah i've seen a bit of stuff on him with the um uh, the spoon club thing some yes. videos where he's doing spoon talk and things i yeah. haven't seen so much his own work okay but he's i heard really great. also he's uh turning and doing yeah. a lot of that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. and he has a, a four-part series on youtube for building polades so uh -huh. i use that as a guide and then i just been figuring it out myself yeah yeah and okay 
And does he, so his video instructions, how to build it, is it with plans and measurements and things, or is it more just a video of him building? Yeah, there, there are plans and measurements, uh -huh. but okay. I didn't stick to them at all. <laughs> you didn't? I just, I, <laughs> roughly, but, you know, I wanted to make it fit, you know, my height and my space. So yeah, it's all a bit wonky and weird. <laughs> okay. Oh, interesting, because, yeah, I've got absolutely no idea about how that stuff works. Yeah. <laughs> like understand the basic principles of a lathe, a piece of wood is, is spinning and turning yeah. and you use, um, is it chisels? Do you well, they're, they're hooks. They're kind of like spoon carving hooks, but much yeah. smaller and tighter. Okay. Yeah, essentially. And you, yeah, gouge in as the piece of wood is turning to make mostly, what are people mostly turning? Bowls and cups? Mostly bowls, yeah, cups. But you can make boxes or um, yeah. chair legs, anything, anything round. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then yeah. the one you're making is obviously not electric. <clears throat> it's all uh, powered by pedaling. Is that right? Yeah. So I think a lot of people, they use bungee. So they put some poles in the ground, tie some bungee across, and then yep. some cord from the bungee to a pedal. And then you push okay. in the pedal, and then yep. the spring in the bungee causes the wood to rotate towards you and then back. Uh -huh. um, but I'm using a hazel pole. So a big, long bit of hazel shoved in the ground, and then the cord is attached to that, and that pole has enough spring in it to turn the wood. Ah, okay. So I think so that's the how it, they used to do it medieval times maybe i don't yeah but then it's still pedal powered to to bend the piece of hazel yes yes uh -huh. oh yeah. okay this is confusing <laughs> for me and probably for other people Everyone listening else, yeah. that can't imagine this but yeah maybe yeah. uh you you should, i'm some sure you'll see some more videos yeah. when it's up and running for sure for sure but it sounds fascinating cool and now you have yes the the space to do something like that yeah it seems like so is that what you're mostly doing at the moment or you're still doing spoons or what it kind of currently yeah. you're working always on? always carving spoons yeah <laughs> yeah okay but i have been carving cups recently which is really fun yeah big spoons i guess uh-huh ah uh, yeah <laughs> so you just kind of see those as yeah bigger spoons really yeah in a way because i think a lot of people and i was the same was kind of hesitant to even try uh, a bowl or a cup or something because it, I don't know it seemed like you had to do something else but actually as you say if you just mm -hmm. imagine it as a a big bowl big spoon yeah yeah without a handle yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> dust dusted off my gouge which is fun okay yeah, yeah nice yeah cool that's uh, quite a different uh, feeling so you have a um vice when you work with a gouge or how do you do that yeah so I've got a log split in half put some pegs yeah. in it and then i can wedge my piece of wood with wooden wedges uh -huh. and then and then that frees my hands up to gouge away mm -hmm. so i'm really okay. enjoying that at the moment yeah yeah to do the bigger things the gouge certainly saves some time right yeah because i had the same i initially started and did a few cups <laughs> yeah you could call them uh with just the hook knife and yeah that was yeah. a battle and then I blisters. A gouge yeah blisters for sure <laughs> i bought a gouge one of those yep. swiss made gouges oh, i nice. think they're fairly 
um, well-known, the yeah, Swiss-made yeah, yeah. brand, um, while I was in Switzerland, straight from the source. Cool. <laughs> and um, so I had to go with that, but my problem is here I don't have a vice. So I'm ah. holding with one hand and it was like quite dodgy. Yeah. I got away with it, but it's definitely not uh, the best way to do it. But with the pegging method you're talking mm. about, that seems you, like I think a good... You can, I think they're called a bowl mate or a cooks a mate maybe you could find yeah. some you could build one in the woods <laughs> yeah okay yeah. so you don't need a bench top to fix it to or something like that i've yeah i've got it i've got legs on it okay yeah but so yeah. you you carve you carve where'd you carve where do i carve yeah i do the axe work out in the a park out in the woods Mm -hmm. just on a fallen tree that's a good uh, waist height and has oh. enough surface area to, to do the axe work on and then the carving is here there and everywhere like right. at home at the park walking yeah. around um, <laughs> yeah kind of yeah all over the place actually yeah that's nice but yeah sounds nice because now this place in france you guys have moved to did you move on your own or or uh, with my partner, Lydia. Your partner, okay. Yeah. So she's from England too? She's from England, yeah. Okay, and you both moved to France. Ah, cool. Yes. Uh, why did you move to France then, can I ask? <laughs> I thought maybe she's from France and that was the reason. No, she, she speaks French and she's lived in France before, but it was a bit of a spontaneous decision not too long ago. We were looking for a place in Brighton. Yeah. And everything's like really expensive. And there was lockdown in England and oh. nothing seemed very desirable. And we're really lucky to be able to come and stay here in Lydia's parents' place, which is unoccupied. Oh, so, okay. so we just came here spontaneously. Yeah. And we don't really have a long-term plan, but for now it's, <laughs> it's nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. But it can be quite uh, yeah, exciting and energizing to kind of just jump into something like that right without a, yeah totally without a real plan and just uh yeah jump in and see where it leads to exactly yeah as often now when you start to start something new or or, or change anything yeah the possibilities that can lead from it uh are so vast so yeah cool to do it i think sometimes yeah yeah, yeah and they've got loads of time to carve which is lovely and there's a big garden yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, cool. Are there other um, trees then much different? Like if you obviously we're doing all this woodwork in England, you got to know the local trees and the types <laughs> of wood. Is mm -hmm. there a difference there or a big difference from the trees in France? Just sourcing the trees is difficult. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slowly kind of getting to meet a few people and people knowing that I'm carving. So Yes. Yeah. yeah. I met a tree surgeon who's brought us some logs, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. But slowly, slowly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that just takes a while. At least you actively ring up tree surgeons. I mean, that would be another way to go if you yeah. know to yeah, actively ring them up and tell them, hey, I need wood. Can you yeah. help me? <laughs> They're always happy to get rid of wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm not actually sure what uh, most of the tree surgeons do with the wood that when it gets felled here. I was talking to a guy and he 
said he saw a tree fallen. Mm-hmm. He was in England and said, yeah, he went by to get some and it was, there was other people there all getting it. And there was many people that were all like, vultures. not fighting, but <laughs> <laughs> vultures, like ah, free wood. So it shows how, how much woodworking is going on where he, yeah. I, I assume, but I, could be wrong maybe they're collecting it for other reasons maybe it was for firewood or something firewood maybe yeah, yeah for firewood but um but there as you say if you ask them they're generally more than happy to yeah yeah give you some wood if you go pick it up maybe yeah and you give them some spoons in return yeah oh, it's always, a, always a nice exchange yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah cool yeah that's yeah always a big part of it isn't it working with the green wood sourcing, sourcing yeah. wood and so what sort of trees are you mostly do you have there or what sort of trees have you mostly had until now so i've been using a lot of hazel because there's hazel in the garden yeah i just got given some dogwood which is really cool really hard work but it takes yeah. a really nice finish yeah yeah i've haven't carved that myself actually but i've seen it a few times um, Mm -hmm. the people using it and saying exactly the same thing super hard but it's quite a i googled it to have a look what sort of what it looks like and the images show quite a shrubby little plant is that yeah 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 i think this one that's just been cut down was really old because there's some big kind of five inch pieces Yeah. yeah so they do go quite big i think they can do yeah uh huh yeah. What are you carving at the moment? You had some cherry, apple? Yeah, I have quite a mixed uh, mixed selection of wood. So I'm quite lucky to have that um, because some of it I'm sourcing from uh, gardens around me. Yeah. Um, and there there's a lot of fruit trees. So cherry, apple, plum. There's a few oh, great. sort of semi-wild plums around here. So a lot of fruit woods. And because we have the city park, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, other other types of trees. Like um, mm. I've even had ginkgo from the oh, nice. city park, which is very nice you to have, carve. You have a favorite? Yeah, but it changes. <laughs> yeah. it was, I think like this is super nice and cuts so well. And then the next time I carve another wood, and I'm like, well, this is even better. This is my favorite. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll probably take. Yeah, just much more time carving to really get to know each type of wood mm. much better to decide mm. what what uh, I like, and it depends, I guess, what you're what you're making with it too. True. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite wood then? If you one you've carved that you would always love to continue to carve? No, I think the same as you. It's yeah. Every new piece is. <laughs> like this is the nicest yeah it's just enjoying what you're carving at the moment right yeah yeah but then it um yeah that's something about your your what i've seen from your woods you're changing and trying many things and yeah it's quite i don't know i would say i was thinking about it like an exploratory style and this is probably the thing with the different kinds of wood that you, yeah, you have a piece of wood and then you kind of see what it cuts like and you decide yeah. a little bit as you go. Is that true to say? Or how would you describe your yeah, style if you had to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? I don't know. I just carve and yeah. then forget what I'm doing 
just yeah. kind of let my body do whatever it's going to do and yeah enjoy it <laughs> yeah yeah very much just um yeah start start it without overthinking it and exactly yeah i've realized recently whenever you have that thought like should i should i do this thing or am i going to ruin my spoon i think the answer is always do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it okay yeah it doesn't That's matter true. if you ruin your spoon mm-hmm. there's always going to be another spoon but maybe you'll do something cool yeah oh that's interesting so okay i'm gonna pay attention to when i have those moments yeah. because i'm sure everyone does yeah should i, I think take so more yeah off here or, uh, uh. just do and it. then um yeah how often does it happen that you're like damn i should have done that or do you are you very good at just accepting no, it, and... it happens it happens <laughs> damn yeah <laughs> it's worth it i think yeah, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, quite a freeing way to work, I think, because I've played with a lot of styles recently and really for a while I had templates and had a very clear image of what I wanted to do. Sometimes, yeah, I saw other makers and more or less tried to copy their style and mm-hmm. try to make their spoon. And I think it, yeah, it teaches you something, but... It can also be be quite frustrating. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in kind of approaching it systematically and really nailing nailing the technique. Yeah, but then, yeah, but then just yeah, kind of going with it. I mean, it's very nice too. Yeah, and you're and by just having the piece of wood and starting to carve and letting it develop. Yeah, you're a bit more free with your wood selection. You don't have to be so picky. I mean, you can have you can do different types of woods, and even if it has little twists and 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 yeah. knots, even or bark and things like that. Yeah, I love right love all of that. Yeah, I think it really adds to a spoon, in my opinion, and makes it a real yeah special one-off piece, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm always really impressed when you see people kind of axing out to a perfect drawing of a spoon. Really cool. I love seeing that. But yeah. for me, I just kind of whack my axe confidently. <laughs> yeah. And if something goes wrong, then I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that angle. I'm going <laughs> to carve it and make that part of the piece. And yeah, it's just the way I work. Yeah. Yeah, nice. No, it is. Yeah, it's interesting. The two very <laughs> opposing ends and then maybe sometimes more to this side, yeah, and, but yeah. an openness to... Yeah, to, to let it happen. Yeah, I recently um, tried axed out a spoon just with no no drawing whatsoever. I mean, mm-hmm. as I said initially, I use templates, which some people continue to do and and use, which can mm-hmm. help. And then mostly the last years, I was doing center lines. Yeah, like the ruling the center line, and yeah quite roughly doing the profile well maybe not so roughly but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was kind of doing my profile but that yeah. was always rather spontaneous on the day I didn't I generally yeah. don't have a, um, a shape in mind so this kind of happens as I'm as I'm doing it but then I tried no lines whatsoever and I got a bit lost. Do you do do you do that, or do you use a center line or no lines? Or? I usually scribble, just scribble the spoon on. Yeah. But also, even though my workshops in my garden, I always forget a pencil. 
So uh-huh. I'm usually just doing it without a without even a scribble. Yeah. Okay. Just completely. Yeah. Yeah. Free. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Like I said, this uh, this didn't really work for me. Maybe exactly. I just need to be more confident and continued. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I would have had a spoon at the end mm-hmm. of it, but yeah, it was just a bit. Uh, yeah, I was just a little bit too lost with no line. Yeah. Even a, one center line would be enough for me to give me some orientation yeah. to work around. But Oh, yeah. you're brave to go and just <laughs> chop into it and because your spoons at the end of the day look, yeah, look awesome. I love oh, thanks. the spoons at the end of it. So, yeah, it works for you. <laughs> and you do um, – you've also done a lot of stuff with um, – coloring and you incorporate x marks i've seen like when you split mm-hmm. the wood you often leave um the actual split or the x marks on the handles of the spoons yeah and uh yeah that can be a very cool thing how did you develop that like did you see someone else doing it or did you yeah. did it just happen like this or do you know yeah definitely you see other makers doing that sort of thing and but I think mostly you have those marks anyway when you rough out a spoon, maybe, mm-hmm. when I rough out a spoon. And then when you go to the knife work, you can just take it off or you can think it's nice and leave it. So I think it probably just kind of happened naturally. Yeah, but you yeah. just saw like, um, yeah, saw a certain beauty in it or yeah. Yeah, thought it looked cool, <laughs> you could say. Yeah. And uh, just decided to leave it. And yeah, now it's something you've done yeah, quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really love love the texture and colour. Really interesting. Yeah. And exactly by seeing your spoons, I tried something similar myself, which I've seen you do, which was um, leave not the bark on the handle, but I had an old piece of apple wood and the, the, the bark was rather soft and, and rotten, mm-hmm. so I peeled it off. Mm. But underneath it still had the... Yeah, the texture of mm. the wood. So the bark's removed. I know you can also leave the bark itself on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it'll come off by itself. But yeah. that texture underneath is really nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was super happy with how the one came, came out with me. And that happened quite organically too in that I peeled the bark off and then I just saw this yeah different colors and this fine pattern and I was like mm. oh super nice yeah it'd be a shame oh, to get rid of it <laughs> yeah it would yeah. be a shame to get rid of it so I tried it and I'm uh, definitely gonna do some more of that because yeah I really love it too that you see the yeah you in a way you have more connection to the tree itself in a way mm. you really see yeah, that I it's a so. natural object so that's a that's a really nice idea to play around with leaving the bark or the texture under the bark. Yeah. Another thing you do is dyeing the spoons. And I saw you, which I've also recently mm-hmm. tried. So you've inspired me a lot to mm-hmm. try these different things. You've inspired me back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I've just been using milk paints mixing different colors and making like an ebonizing solution. I think a lot of people are doing that with steel wool, vinegar. And then I've 
made an oak ghoul wash as well, which is really rich in tannin. So you can kind of use a blend of the two to make different shades of gray and black and then mix it with the paint and get all sorts of different effects and colors. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So combining that's what I need to ask you a bit more about gall ink. Gall ink. What is gall <laughs> ink? You, like okay. I saw you thing and I thought I could uh, Google it and research and try to find out, but I thought I'll ask you directly because I have okay. no idea what gall ink is. It sounds, sounds so, weird. Yeah. I might butcher this, but <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, I think it's, I think there's a type of wasp called a ghoul wasp mm -hmm. and they kind of hijack the oak to grow a kind of ball which they lay their eggs in. Yep, the, the kind of paper nest type material. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, they're harder than that. They're like, ah, little, okay. they're sometimes called oak apples. They're perfectly round. And you see them with tiny little holes where the wasps have come out. But when they and, dry. And do they attach them to a tree or where do you find them? They, they, they grow from the tree somehow. Some, ah. I don't know how. Yeah. yeah, but that means that they're full of tannin because there's lots of tannin in oak. Yeah. I think sometimes people just soak oak bark, maybe. But uh -huh. I find these out on walks and I collect them and then soak them in water. I soak these in rainwater and you just get a really tannin-rich solution. But mm -hmm. you can just brew tea bags. I see people just brew like 10 bags of tea and yeah. then that and the iron oxide reacts together yeah okay uh-huh so the, <laughs> the gall ink is that rich in tannin which makes the effect from yes. the vinegar steel solution much stronger yeah that's uh -huh, it uh-huh yeah because i recently a friend of mine he gave me some of this vinegar steel wool solution mm -hmm. yeah to try with so uh-huh depending on how much natural tannin is in the wood yes will uh, alter the the effect of the yes yeah will yeah. alter the effect of how dark it is and by adding more tannin you'll get a much darker yes effect okay wow so wasp that's crazy <laughs> wasp nests growing on oak trees oh yeah cool. it's super cool i've never noticed them before do you i maybe uh, it's one of those I, things that yeah. when you see what you'll they are and you now can, yeah Yes, and it's only <laughs> on oak trees. Ooh, I'm not sure as far as I'm uh -huh. aware, but yeah, have a look out for them. They're quite big, maybe. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Yeah, little balls, perfect ball. They look like baubles. Yeah, <laughs> growing on an oak tree. Oh, okay, I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled. Yeah, so you've been playing around with food dyes, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to know more about. About that sounds really cool yeah well i'm i really don't have like too much experience and i literally did it a few days ago but after seeing yours and you had some really cool colors like blues and yeah quite vibrant colors one particular spoon was like a like an electric it had crazy grain pattern as well mm. and then a blue do you remember another spoon i'm talking about i think so i think an elm spoon yeah yeah that was I, I rubbed the ghoul wash iron oxide into the grain yeah so that like seeped in it's quite porous elm so oh. that seeped into the grain and made black flecks and then painted over and it yeah made that really cool electric blue effect yeah yeah it looked awesome 
And that's kind of the fun of it, isn't it? Same with me using the dyes. You don't quite know what it's going to look like. It's a real experiment. And each time it'll be different depending on the type of wood. Like you say, the tannin content, the grain that you have on that particular type of wood. So it's really fun. Mm. And that one, did you paint over it with milk paint? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Just a bit, uh, not so thick, obviously, a bit watered down, so it still showed the grain through. Yeah, I've kind of been recently putting it on really thick and then wiping it off, and that seems to do something. I don't know what, but it looks cool. (laughs) Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, nice. More ideas. Kind of smearing (laughs) it and kind of rubbing it into the grain. Just, yeah, it feels wrong, but... (laughs) (laughs) but it looks cool yeah the few things i've done with milk paint i painted it on rather thick Mm -hmm. um it was finished milk paint i know some people use powders and oh yeah and dilute it with water and make their own things but this was a finished milk paint which you could also dilute but i just used it straight from the thing and it was rather thick and it created yeah you can't see the the wood underneath at all which looks nice but somehow i prefer it yeah, yeah, with a style where you still see the, the grain through the paint. Yeah. Uh-huh. So how did you go about making your food dice? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought about different different nat- foods and things that stain. And so I, in one day, I, I went to the shop and bought a whole bunch of different stuff. I had blueberries, like dried wild mm-hmm. blueberries because they are definitely have way more color. I don't know if you've picked wild blueberries. Mm-hmm. They're tiny, they're much smaller, but okay. they're yeah, super dark. And even the flesh inside the berry is rather, is rather blue. Whereas often the store-bought or uh, hydroponically grown blueberries are inside quite white fleshed. Right. And the color is more in the skin. So I bought wild dried blueberries and I cooked them with water. And then reduced it and reduced it and reduced it till I had a rather concentrated blueberry coloring. So that was one. And I did beetroot juice. So I just, we have a juicer, so I juiced beetroot. I guess you could um, uh, cook it down also, reduce it to intensify it, but beetroot juice colors, yeah, a lot just as it is. So this was something else I tried. I juiced curcuma, fresh curcuma. Mm Mm-hmm. You could uh, buy powder, I guess, but I really think the fresh stuff... More um, potent. Yeah, stains much more. Um, so, blueberry, so you... beetroot, curcuma, spirulina. And how have the colors held up? Do well, they stay it's on? Literally, um, it's literally... When did I do it? Last week sometimes. Last week. Days and I haven't used it. So, that's really something I need mm-hmm. to to try and see how they they uh, there's a whole thing about mordanting and making things color fast Uh because thing i think sometimes things like beetroot which stain really strongly yeah they don't last on the wood it washes off okay there are things you can do to kind of seal it and people boil or maybe soak in milk things like that there's certain things you can do to make natural dyes color fast and stay okay oh yeah i'm learning about that at the moment but i don't know much at all so i'm interested to see how yours goes yeah i guess uh exactly have to wash them a few times and see what was the word you you said 
Mordenting. Mordenting. I'll write that down. And Colorfast. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that will be interesting because I imagine they will fade. It's just yeah, a question of, of mm-hmm. how much, but it will be nice if there's a way to uh, have the colors staying a bit longer. But yeah, the colors turned out really cool. Like the Kakuma, super bright yellow, looked really nice. The beetroot was a really nice red color. The blueberry was more of a purple color, mm-hmm. which looks really cool. And what else did I have? Red cabbage. Oh, nice. I boiled some red cabbage and put this on, and this turned out more of a gray blue. Oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah, also looked cool. Um, and spirulina powder, you know, the green algae spirulina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this didn't work so well somehow. No. No, maybe I needed to use less of it or more of it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was hoping for a nice vibrant green but it yeah it was a bit of a gray green so yeah that didn't work so well and another thing i had to try could be pomegranate juice oh cool yeah oh that's always i think maybe red onion skin is a good one Uh and um carrot tops surprisingly oh yeah yeah what color does that come out then it's a pinky reddy sort of color okay yeah. And would you chop up the carrot tops and boil them in water? Or? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> or experiments now done. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the, the um, onion skins I've heard of before. Mm. In Easter, when people dye eggs, often they oh, yeah. boil eggs with onion skins, and this can give a nice orange, mm. kind of orange red color from the onion skin. So. Ooh. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff to try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with coloring and decorating. Cool. Ah, oh, super fun trying that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, good. What other questions do I have for you? <laughs> I was thinking about the the process of like spoons specifically. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite part of it or a least favorite or is it all fun or it depends or is yeah it, it, for you? it definitely definitely depends yeah i think that's why i have i always have some like blanks in the freezer i have logs outside i've got spoons waiting to be finished they're like at all stages so that i can pick and choose depending like, what what yeah. mood you're in yeah, if I'm feeling kind of energetic and mm-hmm. confident, then I love the axing. Yeah. If I'm feeling quiet, I just want to do nice finishing cuts. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. I'm much the same, mm-hmm. where I often have uh, spoons yeah, at varying stages of the process. Mm-hmm. I'm totally the same, and I often have a bunch. That's normally where it stalls a bit, the ones that are finished, and I just need to go over and yeah. oil pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I have a pile always sitting there, <laughs> funnily enough, because in effect, I, I feel like they are finished. So yeah. I don't really have the patience to go back. I mean, it's not so interesting. Although when I do oil it, I'm always like, ah, I'm glad yes. I did that. <laughs> finally finished. <laughs> it's like you're kind of banking the enjoyment. Yeah. Saving it for later. <laughs> yeah, something like that. 
<laughs> or sometimes I often have in my head, I need to go over it again and spend so much time. But actually, more often than not, now I'm carving fairly much to the end and I look at it and, oh, mm-hmm. no, I just need to oil it. Mm. Yeah. So it's quite <laughs> nice. But in my head, I think, oh, no, I can't be bothered yeah. faffing around with this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So you enjoy it all, huh? Yeah, I think it's good for your body that way as well. You spend the whole day axing, you're going to get knackered. But you do a bit of axing, a bit of roughing out, a bit of finishing, a bit of decorating. Yeah. 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 And then do you kind of now or so the last month since you've moved uh, to France, you were doing more uh, spoons for the last months. Is that right? Mm hmm. Yep. And not so much uh, cups or bowls or anything else? Or Yeah, I've just started the cups, really. It's been spoon, spoon, spoons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just so easy with a knife and an axe. Could bring that with me here and get going. Yeah. yeah. You don't need much to start off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, yeah, when you, when you was, we were talking about just now, the different stages of of carving a spoon when you're feeling more energetic, you do more of this. And when you're actually like in the carving, which is probably where most of the time is, mm-hmm. you say, no, the axing is normally fairly quick and the finishing. So most of the time is actually carving the spoon. How does it, how does that feel? Like I've heard, and I know some people describe it. Yes. It's meditative and, Ah, I can shut out the rest of the world and the problems and everything. And it's a very relaxing meditative thing, but it could also be an energizing thing. How mm-hmm. is it for you? Like, does that change or would you say it's more relaxing or more energizing while you're carving mm, or does it depend? Interesting. I think, yeah, I think it depends. Sometimes I start carving a spoon and then suddenly I look up and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what have I been doing? And I've got a spoon, <laughs> spoon in my hand. Yeah. yeah. And other times I'll just, yeah, put it down, go get a cup of coffee, take ages and uh-huh. be super relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. So it changes. Okay. Changes. What about you? Yeah. I would also say kind of in a way, both in a way, I definitely have this, I zone out and can be mm. there for long periods of time but it's still quite like energizing it's i i notice i still have quite a quite a mm-hmm. frantic thing to it even though yeah i'm zoned in and it's relaxing i still have a certain sort of urgency maybe, yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm just that's why i asked you i'm just wondering if other people have this and maybe it's because i'm still fairly new to it and this will will be less over time because yeah, sometimes I definitely have it where I'm, I think I should, Hey, just relax, take a break more, <laughs> look up, you know? Um, yeah. I'll have to pay attention to that. I haven't thought about it much. Yeah. And I definitely have it energizing and that I can, if I'm, I can kind of keep doing it for a long time and I'm, I'm right into it. What, one of my problems is I have my spoons, um, we, we live on the top floor and we have a veranda or a, a deck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I go in and out, I see the spoons. And so many <laughs> times I'm walking past and I'll literally grab a spoon and then like look at it or start even carving. And I'm like, yeah. 
ah, stop it. (laughs) I really have to. I want to try and get a bit better at having my carving time and my non-carving time because, yeah. Yeah, it's easy to get carried away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it shows me I'm passionate about it, that I have this, yeah, this kind of energy for it and that I can just jump into it and, Mm -hmm. and delve into it. But I... I know there's other things in life that are important too. <laughs> not quite as important as being Exactly. <laughs> it's not so important, especially myself. I'm just doing it for, yeah, for a hobby. It's yeah. different if someone is making a living and actually has to put in the time and money. But yeah. Oh, sometimes I think uh, I need to hide the spoon so I don't see them for a while <laughs> and I have time to clean the house and do the other things that need to be done. I got to earn your spoon carving. <laughs> yeah, give myself a certain time and. Yeah. What, um, do you, you have kids, right? Yeah, I do. What do they think of the spoons, and the spoon carving? Are they into it? Yeah, they're yeah they're into it. My oldest daughter, she's turning five soon. She um yeah she got a carving knife for Christmas. I gave Ooh. her one, the little kids Morikniv knife, and yeah, a few times she's came, but. So she showed some interest, but not quite as much as her dad. <laughs> when we go out together, it's often then after a certain time, can we go now? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's, yeah. Uh, and then I'm, yeah. Mm. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if that develops. They're bo- both very creative. Like she loves drawing and making stuff with paper and cr- oh, cool. yeah, very creative and doing a lot of crafting stuff, but obviously the, working with a knife isn't so easy for small kids to to have no. a feeling of success at the start like no they can make wands and and strip bark off but it's different to to an adult that in yeah, a certain amount of time you can finish something yeah. and see a finished piece sure so i think when she when they're a bit older and they could do that they'll maybe have a stronger connection to it mm-hmm. yeah do you remember your first introduction to woodworking? Woodworking. Well, my probably my dad. My dad's a pretty hands-on guy. I worked with him a lot as a kid doing building work and stuff. And that's what, after school, I went and studied carpentry and joinery. Uh-huh, yeah. At, yeah, at college. So that was my introduction to wood in general i guess yeah seeing him building things and seeing him working with him and then deciding to train as a yeah. carpenter but, okay so you obviously yeah felt there was definitely something there to commit to to uh to training in carpentry did you do an apprenticeship or uh it was two years part-time and then i was working with a carpenter as well at the, at the same time yeah Okay. Oh, that's really cool then to, yeah, to kind of commit and then have a, someone there with experience to learn directly from. Yeah. And I ended up not liking it that much, to be honest. Yeah. Because we were kind of putting like stud walls, doing uh-huh. plywood flooring and stuff like that. I mean, for me, it didn't feel like the woodwork I imagined. Mm-hmm. Just kind of timber construction wood and stuff but they had a really cool machine shop 
and they had a lathe in the machine shop. So whenever I could, I would just go and play on the lathe and make bowls and stuff like that and kind of teaching myself that side of woodworking while I was at college. And that really solidified my passion for it. Okay, yeah. So it was, <clears throat> yeah, lacking that creative side of it, right? By the yeah. sounds of it, building walls and straight things yeah <laughs> sort of stuff that has to look a yeah. certain way and yeah. work a certain way wasn't kind of creative enough for you yeah and then were you when you go and build these things as a working as a carpenter would you go to to houses and to places and work at different work sites or did you have a workshop where you built the things mostly i was just kind of shad shadowing um one guy a carpenter so we would yeah go to people's houses yeah and do smaller jobs and bigger jobs and yeah yeah, yeah all sorts mm -hmm. yeah okay interesting but so lucky there was a lathe there that yeah. got you gave you something to do in the <laughs> yes in your spare time and then that's what really kind of hooked you i guess huh that's yeah yeah mm -hmm. and what was it about the the lathe you think that kind of um was interesting for you then i think at the beginning it was the fact that you know in, in like an hour or something you had a bowl in your hand something kind of tangible really exciting and something you could use yeah yeah just loved that uh-huh yeah the fact that in a reasonably short amount of time same mm -hmm. with the spoons i think you can have a finished product and look at it and aha i made this yes yeah. yeah. this is a good yeah. and um yeah okay and so when you first started on the lathe were you making did you try and make a bowl right from the word go or did you what word did you make right at the start were you just yeah. playing and yeah i think i made a really rubbish bowl still yeah. got i think my mum's got it somewhere <laughs> Yeah, my mum has a lot of bowls and spoons. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, most people that connect that's something else. I was thinking about because I had it also. My my first spoon was, yeah, not the best spoon, but um, but I was really happy with it anyway. And I, I imagine that most people that carried on have this feeling, regardless of the quality of the thing compared to someone else, regardless, for whatever reason, they have this, yes, yeah, satisfaction mm -hmm. of I've made this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there's anyone listening <laughs> and it was the opposite. I wonder if anyone wanted to be a spoon carver or a bowl carver and yeah, and made something and it was terrible and they thought it was crap and they made another one and thought it was bad and the crap <laughs> and they stuck with it and they're still carving spoons. That would be really interesting to yeah, hear. That would be interesting. I still have the first spoon I carved. I keep it in my tool roll. Yeah. Oh, I cool. remember being so, so proud of it. Yeah. So happy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's fun looking at it. It's a yeah. knobbly little... Catchy <laughs> bit of wood which sort yeah. of resembles a spoon. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, I've got my first one too, and it's much the same. Yeah, I guess we'll <laughs> yeah, keep these to look back on and yeah. And to uh yeah, remember what, what got us started. Yeah. But yeah, it's often the case 
like especially the first spoon, yeah, it definitely means something to you. Now it was a uh, a big step in the mm. in the process into the world of spoon carving. Mm. Do you have other spoons that you that you're always going to keep that you have a kind of a story or something happened or a special spoon in th- in that way that means something yeah. to you you won't get rid of? I have my first ever greenwood spoon knife finished yeah and that i yeah i use it every day i love it it's great um, yeah i mean it's not great but <laughs> i love it <laughs> and that was two years ago maybe two two and a bit yeah 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 cool before that i would i just i guess i guess the people who i saw online carving spoons were carving spoons from dry wood so oh, I just okay. I just thought that's how you make a spoon. Uh-huh. I mean, there is one way of making a spoon. So that's what I did until I realized that people were making spoons with an axe. <laughs> I thought yeah. that's that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because I I don't know anything about the statistics and this and that, but I think in the last years maybe it's just because I've delved into it. It's like, oh, there's so many people doing this mm-hmm. and it's with often it's often the case with all sorts of uh things once you get into it you see more of it and you realize how many other people enjoy the same thing but i can imagine green woodworking in the last years has become more i i don't know if that's true or not yeah, but i think i think so yeah. do you think so it's blown up yeah it's going <laughs> off <laughs> 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 yeah because maybe if you just, yeah, Googled, uh, looked up carving a wooden spoon five years ago or 10 years ago, there could have been more videos with, yeah, people showing uh, showing the process with dry wood. And now I'd be interested to, to see mm-hmm. if I Google carving a wooden spoon on YouTube, maybe. I think uh, quite a lot of them will be green. Yeah, I will think be so green too. wood carvers. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you first um, decided to carve a spoon, do you know why or how that idea, you were working with the lathe mm-hmm. and doing more stuff there? And then where did the idea, did you? Yeah, it was a, a friend who was kind of into what I was doing. And he was like, check, check these people out. Look what they're doing. They're making these awesome spoons. And then yeah. with him, we would meet up and just kind of whittle spoons uh-huh. in my bedroom. And I had... A carpet and we would just stamp wood chips into the <laughs> carpet and whittle spoons until we had blisters and yeah wow so you were <laughs> definitely um yeah that that uh, you had the bug right from the start with the spoons. yeah were you still yeah. living at home then yeah back then yeah and what did <laughs> what did the rest of the family think <laughs> it was just my dad he was yeah he was into it yeah 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 yeah, definitely. With his background also in wood, he he didn't mind yeah. the wood chips and Yeah, he's always been into what I'm doing and like trees. Going for long walks with my dad and talking about trees and woods and yeah. Yeah. He's a big inspiration for sure. Yeah. Yeah, funnily, my my father uh also does a lot. He's uh in New Zealand where I'm where I grew up, but he mm-hmm. has a nursery there. Um, where he where he grows trees and they do sort of landscaping, sometimes going out and planting trees. But uh, yeah, I always had 
trees around me and maybe that's also part of the reason the connection i don't know if it is but i definitely as a as a child growing up learned uh, a lot about trees especially mm. fruit trees and okay mm-hmm. can we eat these and these <laughs> and yeah i did uh really appreciate appreciate them in that sense especially the fruit trees and yeah that was a cool thing just growing up and go being able to go outside and pick fruit and eat them off the tree was so great yeah Yeah. so maybe that's also yeah one thing that kind of connects me to the wood now yeah yeah Uh, and cool Have you introduced any other people to to woodwork? Like you said, your friend kind of showed you, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you got into it with him. Are there any people you've shown it to that have carried it on or that have enjoyed it? Interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I think I definitely talk about spoon carving to a lot of people. I'm not sure, who, I'm not sure who's interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, talking about it is one thing. I think one thing with me carving outside, um, I'm kind of in the woods, but it's in the in the park. So often or sometimes there's um, kids that go past or with their family and I'm chopping away and, uh, quite often it'll be the children that'll come over and see mm-hmm. me doing something and mm-hmm. come and come and have a look and uh, what are you doing? And <laughs> well, they're, they're right into it, you know, especially yeah. seeing the knives and the axes and they think it's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think this is a different thing to talk about it and to be able to see someone doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's one would be one good reason to do more like public carving. I yeah. think definitely yeah, the, I like that people see it happening will will uh, have more of an interest to it and would potentially try it themselves. Really but good. just hearing about it for a lot of people might just seem a bit yeah. abstract. I mean I've taught I have taught some friends and my old housemates in Brighton. I taught them how to carve spoons and everyone, you know, who I've shown how to carve a spoon. They love it while they're doing it. I don't know if they carried on, but yeah. 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 I've also uh, shown some people and uh, had a, had a group where, where I showed them and a few people carried it on, which is cool. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to want to do it, but that was nice (laughs) for me. And my first guest, Julian, on the first podcast I did, he yeah. was one guy who just reached out to me and said like, Oh, that looks cool. Can I try? And I showed him just once and yeah, for him, it sparked something because since then he's got a awesome, Instagram yeah. page and <laughs> yeah, he's carved heaps of spoons and uh, he's, he's right into it. So it's always cool when you yeah pass it on and that's share, share it, share the love. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any things that you're kind of, I mean, you said you're, yeah, rather open now that you've moved to France, where where it goes. But are there any things you have in your head, like any direction you would like it to go, either with your business? I know you're selling spoons. Mm-hmm. Are there any things you kind of want to push there or get more into, or or uh, the yeah, the turning is going to be the next kind of venture for me. 
looking mm-hmm. forward to learning yeah yeah i don't think it's going to come easy but yeah it's going to be good fun <laughs> yeah so that's yeah you've got your mindset yeah. like that's one thing you want to yeah being able practice. to offer bowls and spoons it's just natural isn't it mm-hmm. yeah yeah the whole set <laughs> yeah yeah a cup and, a bowl and a spoon yeah yeah i'd like to do some markets i need to practice my french a bit first <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah or take your your uh, partner with you yeah. for a start. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing, you know, moving to another country, another language, and mm-hmm. uh, that could be quite a challenge. Yeah, it's quite scary. But Yeah. But yeah. your partner speaks uh, fluent French or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that'll be cool. And your partner's actually uh, making her, her own products also, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's making tools. Yeah. They're super lovely. I've got a few, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's nice. We work sometimes next to each other. She's sewing and carving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I saw, um, uh, I saw some of her work and that looks super handy actually. So either I will attempt to make one myself. My partner <laughs> also sews a bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I ask her nicely, she'll, <laughs> she'll make one for me. But if not, I would uh, get one of hers because that looks like a very uh, practical way to transport your tools. Yeah. So it's like, um, I don't know if other people, I, I hadn't seen it before, a tool roll to keep your, your knives and your different tools or mm-hmm. yeah. How would you describe yeah. it? It's kind of, yeah, kind of square fabric with pockets, put all your tools in, you can roll it up yeah, and then, you know, you can stick it in your bag. You can carry it to the garden. Yeah. yeah just frees you up a bit yeah and it's a nice thing nice thing to have around as well yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good idea i mean my first year i think i had uh egg cartons to transform (laughs) just the most rugged thing yeah literally egg cartons with my knives kind of (laughs) bouncing around in there it's definitely not the best way to transport tools but Yeah, yeah, these these rolls look super practical and yeah, nicely made. And I think she uses um, fabric, uh, yeah. like used clothing. So she's yeah. kind of recycling the fabrics. Yeah, it's really cool. All repurposed fabric, kind of with like the seams in and creases. And they've got a lot of character, uh-huh. which is nice. Yeah. Also- and it's cool. Like so many people get in touch, different craftspeople, spoon carvers, ceramicists guitar makers i don't know all sorts yeah Uh aha yeah okay cool i mean any tools yeah or even like Mm. cooks could use something like Mm -hmm. that right to put their uh knitting needles their knives knitting needles yeah really cool thing i'll put her details maybe in the show notes also for people that uh that need something like that that once you start collecting yeah, a few tools, it's definitely super handy to look after them and transport them safely. Yeah. Really cool idea. Um, cool. So more carving markets. Did you do, yeah. did you ever do markets uh, yeah. before? Yeah. Yeah. How yeah, was yeah. that selling at a market for you? Good fun. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't done many, but yeah, I've done a few. It's nice yeah. having the interaction with people. People can pick up your things and yeah. ask you questions. 
Yeah. And then it kind of all makes more sense to them because some people will see a wooden spoon and kind of think, why? <laughs> yeah. But then if they see the person who's made it and they can kind of feel it and appreciate yeah. it and it makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a big, yeah, like you say, a big plus to the markets having that, yeah, face to face and, yeah, being able to ask questions and tell them about the type of wood and mm. where you got it and really the story behind the story, it again. Yeah. And that you can have in a market. I mean, online you have that to a certain extent too, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not the same, right? As someone mm-hmm. just uh, in front yeah. of you live chatting away. Yeah. The markets would be cool. Well, well, hopefully, what's it like in France now? Are markets happening at all? Markets are happening, I think. Uh-huh. But not that many people are going to them. So, okay. Yeah. And yeah. they'll probably wait a bit. Yeah. And then take a whole bunch. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Because I've recently, I mean, I'm not carving to sell, but then... Like everyone, you have the problem when you keep carving spoons, you have so many <laughs> and you've got to find out what to do with them. And yeah, after giving giving plenty away, yeah, you kind of think, okay, maybe I will sell them. And recently there's a cafe here not far from where I am. And uh, it's a super nice cafe where they make their own food and their own cakes and quite a yeah homely style cafe. And then... Um, I had a bit of interaction with the, the woman running it and they have empty windows there. So I said, hey, <laughs> empty windows would be really windows? cool. <laughs> 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 put a few of my spoons and she was super cool. She just said like, yeah, sure, cool. Come come next week and we'll put them up. So Great. yeah, since a week I made a, a, a board, like a white board with plenty, plenty of nails kind of scattered around mm-hmm. to display a bit my spoons. So I'm going to go there later today. And um, yeah, that's kind of my first endeavor. I mean, I have sold one or two uh, over Instagram, but yep. I'm not really advertising. Like in my bio, I have yeah, spoon for sale or swap, but yep. actually not many people uh, take you up on that. If you want to sell, it seems like you really have to put that out there. Hey, yeah, we're selling yeah, spoons. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I think that'll work well, having them in the cafe. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that's missing is exactly what we were just saying is that it's just, yeah, it's a nice spoon, but it's just a spoon without yeah. a story, without a face, without a person. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe when the weather uh, gets a bit nicer, I can carve a bit out the front of the cafe, yeah. eat cake yeah, yeah. and carve and <laughs> eat some people. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's definitely a, yeah, a big thing to selling the spoons is to... Yeah, show a yeah. bit of yourself behind the spoons. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'll let you know. Um. Cool, man. So, yeah, we've been chatting a while. I always said this podcast I don't want to make too long unless it's super interesting. But it was super interesting <laughs> with you, so we went a bit longer than I actually planned. But um, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it's been nice. Do you have anything else you want to say or do you have any shout outs to i don't know friends family or i don't know who's <laughs> going to listen to this like we joked with the, my last guest our mums will probably listen to this or our <laughs> yeah. dads and yeah. uh yeah first of all is there anyone you want to uh, well, my, my dad got his shout out yeah so, 
Go, Dad. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, cool. Um, good one. All right. Yeah. If I have more questions, I'll get back in contact. Yeah, and, love uh, to we'll chat. Yeah. Touch. yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Spoon Carving Conversations. If you want to see and follow the work of today's guest, Jazz, you can find him at Jazz Handcrafts on Instagram and at his website with the same name. If you want to see and follow the work of his partner, who we also talked about in today's podcast, you can find her at Reap Textiles also on Instagram. To follow me, you can find me at Root Spoons. I will put all these details in the show notes as usual. Thanks for listening and happy carving. Happy carving.